everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Beans. Frank will be joining us for the Friday show, but there is much to talk about today. And the first thing I want to open up the show with today. (laughs) So for many of you that don't know, Nevada had a primary and they're having a caucus. Now, the, the caucus is the one that counts. The primary does not count. How this all came to be doesn't really matter, truthfully. I'm not even going to get into the backstory. It was stupid, but it came to be because Republicans can't get their own heads out of their asses, clearly, as we'll talk about as we move on today. But <laughs> not everybody was on the ballot. So it was basically like Nikki Haley and some other folks. Trump wasn't on the ballot. One of the choices on the ballot was None of these candidates. And somehow, Nikki Haley managed to lose to nobody. Nobody got 61% of the vote. But it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where. He's haunting me. There's a continuing negotiation right now. Okay. This clip that I have lined up for much later keeps on randomly playing when I don't ask it to. It did it. (laughs) It did it through the whole pre-show. It's doing it now, just randomly playing itself for no reason. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Nikki Haley lost to nobody. 61% of the vote voted nobody. Nikki Haley got 32% of the vote. Reese in the chat says she was expecting Biden to come up and sniff my hair. I, my hair does smell really good. Hey, did you? I don't know. This like reminds me of something. Did you ever see this when we used to go like on trips and stuff? <laughs> Where is it? Hold on, I'm looking for something in particular. Here it is. Okay. This is a a shampoo that we always used to see. It was called, gee, your hair smells terrific. (laughs) I don't know if you guys remember this at all, but like this was literally a shampoo that you could buy. It's a fragrance shampoo. Gee, your hair smells terrific. We used to make jokes about it all the time. Raise your hand if you remember that. Anyway, Nikki Haley lost to nobody. It's real. It's absolutely real. Someone in the chat is asking me if, gee, your hair smells terrific is real. It is absolutely real. This was a real product. Like whenever we would go camping, we would stop at like the little rest stops or the gas stations in town. And this would be in there as like a, a, a uh, toiletry that you could buy. See, a lot of people in the chat like it. Anyway, now we're going to talk quickly about um, the Donald J. Trump appeal of the January 6th case at the Court of Appeals. Um, we're going to go through a thread here that Leslie McAdoo Gordon wrote about this. 
everybody's got a different perspective on it. I'm just going to go with somebody that I trust legally to explain this. And I think Leslie is a good choice. So she says, unbelievably, the circuit court has ruled that uh, Donald Trump doesn't have immunity from prosecution because he's not the, the president right now. This is perhaps the biggest dodge of the of the actual issue by an appellate court I've ever seen. She says the court's withholding its mandate until February 12th. And that means the case doesn't go back to to Chutkin, the judge in the D.C. circuit until then. That gives Donald J. Trump's lawyers time to petition the SCOTUS and ask for a stay until the mandate comes back um, to her. Chutkin has no jurisdiction to act except on ancillary issues. So that case is still paused in D.C. is basically what that means. They could also ask the full court of appeals to rehear the case, which would keep it out of her courtroom as well. Usually the court denies those as a routine matter. But since the decision here is so bonkers, the full court might take it up. That's what they usually do. You need a majority of the judges in regular service to agree to the rehearing in order to get it. If I remember correctly, that excludes judges on senior status. Either way, I expect the case to stay in the appellate courts for the immediately foreseeable future. Normally, you have 90 days to petition SCOTUS, but that doesn't keep the case from going back to the trial judge in the meantime in the absence of some kind of stay. So what does this all mean? If you go to ask for a rehearing en banc, the entire panel of appellate court judges has to hear this again and then come to a decision. Or Donald Trump could choose to bring it right to the to the Supreme Court, petition them for them to hear the case. Um, and if you're Donald Trump and you're trying to play like a longer game here, given that you want this to be drawn out until after the election, you would probably, in my opinion, keep it at the appeals court first. And then after they've exhausted that, go to SCOTUS, unless you're worried that a second um, ruling on it would be too catastrophic for your case, in which case you'd go right to the Supreme Court and cross your fingers. But the Supreme Court, as we've learned in Missouri v. Biden and other cases, doesn't have to take this right away. They can choose to hear this after the election. And Technofog wrote an amazing Substack piece on this just the other day um, that I will not share because it's it's protected. So I'm not going to, I mean, it's a behind a paywall on his Substack. I don't want to, you know, share the column out for free, for lack of a better word, because he didn't want it that way. But what he basically said is they may just postpone taking it up at all because they don't want to be seen as getting involved with political stuff right near an election. So either way, I think that we're in an interesting predicament that's, you know, never been, this has never happened before in history. Um, And so we're kind of in uncharted territory on a wait and see day by day basis. I don't know that, you know, I, I guess Donald Trump's attorneys right now are working on a brief for the Supreme Court or for rehearing. Either way, nothing's going to happen with this case in the short term. But again, I'm going to say this again, and people get angry with me. There is no way that if this case goes to trial in D.C., Donald Trump will not be convicted. Not because he's guilty, but because of the jury pool. There is just no way. And we've got hundreds of examples of this from J6. So if they're going to convict all those people that didn't even go in the building, you think they're not going to convict Donald Trump? It's going to take the jury about 30 seconds to deliberate. They've already made their decision. 
So let's see what happens with this. It's just the way it's going to roll and everybody should just be prepared for it. That is just what's going to happen. It's not right, but it will happen. The Florida documents case is set for trial in May. I don't see that that time frame shifting, barring something crazy. The special counsel report on Biden's mishandling of classified documents will be released shortly. There will be no criminal charges against Joe Biden. Now, at the same time, the Supreme Court has a decision or a case in front of it on removing Donald Trump from the ballots in different states based on a non-conviction insurrection-like charge that they're going to probably be ruling on shortly. How they rule will determine a lot of things. So everybody keep this in the forefront of your brains. It is just sadly, given the world we're in, something we're going to need to navigate through when the time comes. And we're kind of just kicking the can down the road at this point. So we'll see what happens. Now, to the RNC. The good old RNC. Now, I wanted to pull up and I forgot. Hold on. Jen Van Lahr from Red State has done an extraordinary job of reporting on the finances of... The RNC. Her work has been plagiarized, stolen, reappropriated, taken. Um, we have to give credit where it's due. And she's a very strong reporter, especially when it comes to this stuff. Timeline to Rona McDaniel's resignation. As per a lot of people, and um, Donald Trump said this on an interview... Rona McDaniel is going to be stepping down after the South Carolina primary on the 24th. And who is going to replace her is now the story of the day. Now, everybody knows the RNC is absolutely terrible. They are useless. They do nothing they're supposed to do. They've basically been a cash cow money laundering operation for a very long time. You couldn't stick more filler in. (laughs) You get the point. For years now, this has been the case. Just to give you some backstory, back in 2012, I was a delegate for Ron Paul to the convention. We had an event right before the convention there in Tampa. The convention happened, and Ron Paul actually had an opportunity to force a brokered convention because he ran a delegate strategy similar to what Ted Cruz ran in 2016. So they scripted with a teleprompter the voice vote and the floor vote on this resolution or whatever to stop a brokered convention because they knew Ron Paul had it. And that caused all um, several delegations, one from Maine, to walk out of the convention completely. Um, It was the first, I knew the RNC was corrupt. It was the first blow against actual true liberty, conservatism, and grassroots in in such a wide open venue. It was terrible. And then it was, okay, get in there and try and take over the Republican Party. 
This was years and years ago, guys, before many of you even were paying attention to politics, or a lot of you anyway. Fast forward, it's worse now. Now, used to be that a lot of the bigger think tanks, PACs, billionaires, used to donate directly to the RNC. But they realized the RNC isn't doing shit, and they actually wanted some chance to win. So they stopped doing that, and then a big funnel to the RNC drew dried up, and they were forced to raise money other ways. One of the ways that they raised significant amount of a significant amount of money is by using Donald Trump to fundraise. They used him to fundraise. Now, in 2020, after the election, Donald Trump said, you guys need to get into the Republican Party in your area and do your thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I had Dan Schultz on the podcast. We did a whole big thing about how to become a precinct committeeman and what your powers, powers were. And I had known that already from back in the Ron Paul days, and we did it then. So I'm like, you know what? Let's try this again. We have a critical mass of people. Let's do this. I did. I ran for my precinct committee position. And I won. And then I decided I wanted to do more because I was certainly not going to advocate everyone else do more and sit on my ass not doing anything. Plus, I thought it'd be fun. So I ran for state EC and I won. As a matter of fact, the Donald Trump, quote, MAGA people, the newly energized activist on the ground after 2020, took the entire county party in my, in my, and there's a reason I'm telling this story in my county we took it all and a bunch of others Greenville your county did great there's a bunch of others well unfortunately the person being talked about to take over for Rona McDaniel in the interim is someone named Drew McKissick Here, Tyler Bauer says, it looks like a fight is breaking out for chair with conservatives lobbying for Drew McKissick of South Carolina. That's the bunny face, if anybody didn't know. To take over as interim chair instead of Rona's pick, Michael Wheatley of North Carolina. No matter where the chips land, my top three picks from the 168 is co-chair. Julianne Murray. Casey Crosby and Harmie Dillon. If Drew McKissick from South Carolina, the chair of the Republican Party here, gets into that spot, you can take your your lips and kiss it goodbye. For us. Establishment as they come. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I know because I'm directly impacted by it because I was directly impacted and lived through his reign of terror, okay? I'm telling you right now, I was at executive committee meetings in South Carolina when Drew McKissick was basically using Donald Trump only for money, would kiss his ass only for money, And then when those of us who were in positions of, quote, I was a representative, but my rank was high, when we would try to warn, it wouldn't matter. Because you want to know why Drew McKissick and Lindsey Graham are very close. I have a whole thread on 
ex when I first got back of what I went through in the local GOP with Drew McKissick and the stuff that he pulled. There is an article linked here. It is so important that you read. I've been condemned by the SCGOP. Why does it matter? This is Drew McKissick. They condemned me by name for something that I didn't even do and had nothing to do with just because they don't like the grassroots. They don't want you involved. They don't want you in their club. They don't want you making noise. They don't want you at all. They don't care about you. They don't care about what you want. They don't care about how fervently you want it. The first question I asked at our state EC meeting where they had some folks there, I believe from National, if I'm not mistaken, they were talking about election integrity. And I raised my hand and was, was called upon. And I asked, what, when are we going to see an accounting of how the RNC spent the money to support election integrity efforts and lawsuits after the 2020 election? Does anybody want to guess what the answer to my question was? There wasn't one. There wasn't an answer to my question. We were never able to see any of that information, even though we had a right to see it. Not only that, but Drew himself was supporting a different slate for Greenville GOP. Went in the press and slandered and libeled the people that won in the Greenville GOP. They weren't even elected yet when he started doing this, calling them lepers, saying that if MAGA, quote, took over, it would be a useless party. You have to read this to know about Drew McKissick. And he is up the ass of the person who brings the money. And who is the person who brings the money? Donald Trump. I'm telling you right now, Donald Trump had never never listened to us when we were trying to tell him. He didn't listen. We had firsthand on the ground experience. I'm warning everyone because I know where this is going. And it will not be. Just kiss it goodbye at that point. Kiss it goodbye. It's the same old establishment crap. He, Donald Trump can come out and endorse him. I'm telling you, he's an establishment hack. Okay? Donald Trump endorsed Ronald McDaniel too. He is an establishment hack. You will never, ever, ever. They changed rules to kick people out. I'm telling you. I, I lived this. I lived this. Someone says McKissick is trying to remove the Lexington chairman right now. They just... And the worst part is that when I stepped down and the, our whole executive board stepped down, they successfully poisoned the well in my county. So they made it so disgusting and so nasty and so full of drama that the everyday people that had stepped up to get involved were tired and like, were like, I'm not dealing with this and just went home, which left just like a few of us standing there like, guys, don't give up. Like we have to keep fighting this. And we had no backup. There was just no way. And I truthfully was so tired of dealing with it. Years of this, a lawsuit, it was terrible on purpose. They will attack you in any way they can to get you to submit. And when you're standing there alone 
and there's an establishment with like their guns pointed at you, their proverbial guns. And you've also got people you thought you were your friends behind you shooting you in the back. And you're the only one there with just three or four other people. At some point, you have to change direction. I, I know it is, Kelly. So I changed direction. That's still coming home to roost, by the way. They just don't know it yet. So I changed direction. And when the new people got in, who were also Drew McKissick-esque rhinos, Drew McKissick had Donald Trump call them at the, at the convention and say, it's such a good thing that the right people are in office now. He doesn't listen to his grassroots. He doesn't listen. I'm sorry to say it. I've experienced it firsthand. I, I find it interesting. So like Laura Loomer has her reasons for despising Ron DeSantis, none of which I will question. She's got her own reasons, personal experience, right? Her opinion. I have my own reasons for saying that Donald Trump doesn't listen. Personal experience. If Drew McKissick becomes the GOP chair, we have problems. The grassroots has problems. And we'll just leave it there. I'm silent because I have a crystal ball. Except I have the benefit of already knowing what happens because I've lived it. Then we've got Matt Gates saying that that Kevin McCarthy should really be the uh, RNC chair. I fully endorse Kevin McCarthy for RNC chair. He's well organized and a very high revenue fundraiser. What's the difference when the money doesn't go towards anything but flowers and Botox? Wake the F up, people. Wake up. Kevin would be terrific because the RNC doesn't make any policy decisions, set any agenda, or negotiate against Democrats ever. I have personal experience. I'm begging of you. Make a stink about this. <laughs> Please. That man cannot be RNC chair. It would... Mm. So moving on from there, all of this will be in the show notes today. The show notes on Rumble are underneath the video in the description. Make sure you get there and check out this article. It's everything. I detail everything with proof, receipts, all of it. I have a Twitter thread where I explain, guys, let me just tell you, it's so bad here that there was a whistleblower that came forward with proof that the governor, Henry McMaster, the lieutenant governor, Pamela Evett, and my now congressman, Russell Fry, were personally meeting to scheme how to remove us from the county party. Because we, we care about what you care about. The governor and his second in command were personally discussing how to remove me from my position. I didn't do anything. All I wanted was results. 
and change. Can't have that. There's all, it's all here. It's all here. And my now representative, who's supposed to represent me as a constituent, was in on, in on the act. You can take my first hand, first person, no interim sources perspective on all of this. Or you can ignore it and we just keep repeating the same thing over and over and the wheel goes round. This is why every time I see someone say, we need to get involved in the GOP, I say, just listen to me for a second. This is how it works. And it, it, it's duplicated everywhere. So, I lived it for years, two years, two years. Moving along. The border bill. <laughs> Good old Republicans handing you a bill that would make it so that the border legalizes illegal immigration. It legalizes illegal immigration, sends billions of dollars to countries that aren't us for things that we have no idea what they are. While we have Seymour Hirsch reporting that the CIA actually yelled at Zelensky because he was stealing too much of the money. Thank goodness this will not become law. Once something becomes law, you're done. Reversing it is an act of God. If you want to legalize a certain quota of illegals coming over the border, we would be absolutely toast. I don't want to hear all the placating and nonsense. Oh, we finally had a border bill and everybody. But no, we had no border bill. We had them trying to look like they were doing something good while legalizing unfettered immigration, for lack of a better word, because that's what it would become. That's what it would become. Here's Ted Cruz on this. Hmm. Every once in a while, we have some good news. The good news is this bill is dead. Now, my views on this bill have not been ambiguous. At the last press conference we had here, I described it as, quote, a steaming pile of crap. Some people afterwards criticize that characterization. Can't imagine why. And they said, well, you haven't read the text, so how can you say that? And you're right. All I knew was what had been described by the bill sponsors. Well, now we've seen the text, and it turned out my assessment was far too kind. This bill is a terrible bill. I'm going to break it down on two, two metrics. Number one, policy, and number two, politics. On policy, why is this bill a terrible bill? Because it does not solve the problem. We have the worst rate of illegal immigration. The only reason why this is happening, let me make it clear, is because of you guys. The louder, the louder you get, they, they still can't ignore you. They can't. Understand. Reading these things is so important. 
90% of the country doesn't want this unfettered illegal immigration. 90% of the country doesn't want this damn bill. And of course, the Democrats are politicizing it to make it look like, oh, the Republicans don't want to close. Just ignore them. When are we going to start ignoring nonsense? Ignore them. It doesn't matter. It was dead at the House anyway. That's not the point. The fact that these idiots even brought this thing to the floor as it was is just a glaring example of why the GOP sucks. I'm sorry I'm so fired up today. Yes, Kelly's saying we have a Freedom Caucus here in the South Carolina state that wants to do things that are aligned with the Constitution and liberty. They had to sue the GOP. That's another long story. It's insane. You have to understand. You want to get dirty, make sure you've got an army with you. Do it, but make sure you have an army with you. Here's McConnell. Let's see what he has to say. Uh, uh, Senator Ted Cruz had a press conference around noon today, said that you shouldn't have, have even tried to negotiate with Democrats, said this bill was designed to fail, and that it's time for you to step down as GOP leader. What's your response to that? I think we can all agree that Senator Cruz is not a fan. Can anybody raise their hand if they're a fan of Mitch McConnell? Anyone? Do you guys want to raise your hand? Somebody asked me why um, can't General Flynn get my message to Donald Trump? Like, I, I there's this misconceived notion, like General Flynn, I respect and admire, we're friends. We don't talk like every single day or anything. Like, people are asking me why he's putting things on his Twitter. I have no idea. I don't like, not like up the man's butt, okay? I don't know. <laughs> he came to Horry County and did an event with me to endorse me for a uh, committee woman. That was a great thing. It was a wonderful event. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. It was beautiful. But I I don't know. I mean, I've told him all this stuff. He knows it. Donald Trump knows. That's the thing. (laughs) He knows. And no, I'm not going to be drinking Budweiser ever again. No matter who tells me to. Just saying. Lankford took the fall on this one. Lankford took the fall on this one. We're going to move topics because that's just the whole border thing. Just the absurdity and the hubris of them to even bring that up and attempt to rewrite the law in a bill like that is so utterly contemptuous that I don't have any other words. I don't. So that's my thoughts on that. Putin, Putin, Vladimir Putin. Tucker Carlson went to Russia. He's going to be interviewed, Vladimir Putin, and the world blew up saying he should be arrested. He should be held there. Two and a half years ago, NBC interviewed Putin. Didn't go so well for them. Let's take a look. Can I just ask you a direct question? Did you order Alexei Navalny's assassination? 
Of course not. We don't have this kind of habit of assassinating anybody. That's one. Number two is, I want to ask you, did you order the assassination of the woman who walked into the Congress and who was shot and killed by a policeman? Do you know that 450 individuals were arrested after entering the Congress and they didn't go there to steal a laptop? They came with political demands. 450 people have been detained. You're talking about the capital. They're looking at jail time between 15 and uh, 25 years. And they came to the Congress with political demands. Isn't that persecution for political opinions? Oops. So now Tucker is going to be interviewing him. I have some of his video here. Let's listen to that because it's interesting in case you are not on social media or are not on X and did not see this. I'm going to play some of it. We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. The war in Ukraine is a human disaster. It's left hundreds of thousands of people dead, an entire generation of young Ukrainians, and it's depopulated the largest country in Europe. But the law I don't want to play this entire thing, but I want to point something out specifically. In the middle here, timestamp unknown, he talks about how the government spied on him, leaked his messages to the press. I'll explain this operation in a minute because it plays into what happened with Amazon and COVID book banning. Played his message to the press or gave his messages to the press to try and stop this interview. The United States government is weaponized against freedom right now. It is weaponized against freedom. The There was communication uh, on the same tangent as Missouri v. Biden with Amazon that the weaponization committee released the other day, where Amazon was asked to ban books about COVID that they didn't like, the government didn't like. Amazon didn't want to do it and put pressure back. We don't do that. We don't ban books or de-rank books based on what they're about. We're not a social media platform. That's not how we work, right? So they say that all of a sudden, Amazon starts getting peppered by press. Hey, can you speak to why you have this book about vaccines on your platform when we should all be taking these poison vaccines and you talking, letting a book be out there that says why maybe you shouldn't? is counter to what we want. And when the press pressure gets to be too much, the companies inevitably always, always fold. And that is the operation. Approach directly via government, get pushback, go to your friends in the mockingbird propaganda press that are working as an arm of the intelligence community, get them to start badgering the platform, and then the platform acquiesces under the false assumption that the general public is in line with the press. It is run over and over. The most telling thing about this Tucker interview with Putin is not that he's interviewing Putin. It's that the U.S. government spied on him and used the press to get him to not interview Putin 
twice. That's the story of this interview. So Elon Musk has promised to edit it in its entirety. Tucker has said it is completely unedited and it will air. He says at the end, do what you wish. We're going to just play the last minute because here. Unedited on our website, Tucker Carl's air thing shot live to take to the interview. It is not behind a paywall. Anyone can watch the entire thing shot live to tape and unedited on our website, TuckerCarlson.com. Elon Musk, to his great credit, has promised not to suppress or block this interview once we post it on his platform, X, and we're grateful for that. Western governments, by contrast, will certainly do their best to censor this video on other less principled platforms because that's what they do. They are afraid of information they can't control. But you have no reason to be afraid of it. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview, but we are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can. And then, like a free citizen and not a slave, you can decide for yourself. Thanks. So, yes, like a free citizen and not as a slave, you can decide for yourself. Very simple. That's the way it should be, always. Um... I said, somebody in the chat said, I think he's trying We're to get... We're in Moscow tonight. I think he's trying to get an interview with Tara Reid. That's what I said the other day. Maybe he's there to interview Tara Reid. Tara Reid is the woman who accused Joe Biden of rape and was summarily destroyed by the same press we just talked about. Reese is saying Russia is our enemy. That may be true. You don't have to watch whatever you don't have to watch. None of you out there do. It needs to be, the interview needs to be had. There needs to be a document, documented history of this. Whether he is lying through his teeth and trying to propagandize Americans or not will be up to the American to decide. And journalism is dead if we do not interview both sides. It's dead. From a journalist's perspective, not doing an interview with somebody because they're evil is the same thing as censoring speech you don't like. Because if you can't hear it, you don't know it exists and you can't come to a round decision. This may support, this This interview may drive people to be supportive of whatever action the U.S. government wants to take towards, who knows? It needs to be had. That's the point. There needs to be journalism done where both sides of a story are presented to the American people and then the American people can make a decision based on those two sides of the story. Whether you believe what he's saying or you don't, or you want to do more research into what he's saying or you don't, is up to you at the end of the day. But the journalist is not there to only present certain portions of a story so that you feel better and you, you, you have one side of, of a conflict. It would be the same thing as saying, it would be as though if we didn't allow the Israelis to share their perspective on the war that they're involved in right now because the overwhelming majority of people here in the United States for some reason thought that Israel was the enemy. You can't do that and expect to have a freely functioning society. That If you don't, you have a hive mind, state propagandized, what we have now. And Reese is saying, but people won't do research and that's the problem. That may be true. That may be true. But we do not shelter people from perspectives because they're lazy. You can't do that. You can't. It, it's, it's, 
The marketplace of ideas has to play itself out. If you believe in free speech and you believe in truthful journalism and journalism in general, the, the job of a journalist is to present the information to the people so that then they can make their own decision. If you're too lazy to do research, you're probably not going to watch the interview anyway. It's not on television. And a couple months ago, there was this thing where there was like, I guess, I don't know if it was denialism of the Holocaust or what, or, or you know, some kind of idea about terrorism or something that was going viral on TikTok. And nobody could believe that all of these people, oh, it was a letter from Osama bin Laden, something. I don't remember exactly what it was. And eventually, after that went viral, eventually enough people were so disgusted by it because they felt they knew the proper history that it was debunked and it would, the people, it was, it was basically shut down because the free marketplace of ideas was allowed to compete. So I will disagree with my dear, beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous friend Reese on this one. But that's okay. That's why the marketplace of ideas is important. Dean Phillips is right. There is some movement. There he goes again. And I don't want to. There he goes again. There is. This clip is haunting me. Here's my hair. It does smell terrific, but not because of the shampoo earlier discussed. Dean Phillips is running for president on the Democrat. There is some movement. Keep happening. Well, maybe choose my words. I'm, I'm not even, some you know what I'm doing? I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it now. Now I'm not going to talk about it because I'm tired of it playing on its own. Dean Phillips is basically saying, you're trotting a geriatric old person up there. This is elder abuse. I'm the only one who will say what everyone else is saying out loud. No, you're really not. But hey, look at these two clips of this dumb horribly afflicted man and what are we doing talking about the french president from like 30 years ago just very strange um months and months and months ago elon musk came out and said if you have been discriminated against because of your views on x let me know and i'm going to bring an attorney in to fight for you well that's happening gina carano announced yesterday Today is an important day for me. I'm filing a lawsuit against Lucasfilm and Disney. After my 20 years of building a career from scratch and during the regime of former Disney CEO Bob Chappick, Lucasfilm made this statement on Twitter, terminating me from The Mandalorian. Quote, Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. She never did that. That's the problem. She never did that. So she did. She sued. Twitter helped. X helped. Carano versus Walt Disney. I want to read the first paragraph to you. The first, the opening statement of the complaint to you because it's really, really good. (laughs) A short time ago in a galaxy not so far away, defendants made it clear that only one orthodoxy in thought, speech, or action was acceptable in their empire and that those who dared to question or failed to fully comply would not be tolerated. And so it was with Carano. After two highly acclaimed seasons on The Mandalorian as Rebel Ranger Cara Dune, Carano was terminated from her role as swiftly as her character's peaceful home planet of Alderaan had been destroyed by the Death Star in an earlier Star Wars film. And all of this because she dared voice her own opinions on social media platforms and elsewhere and stood up to the online bully mob who demanded her compliance with their extreme progressive ideology. 
liberals would say, don't let Carano speak because people aren't smart and won't know that she is wrong. That's the exact same philosophy, unfortunately. Um, defendants' wrath over their employees' social media posts all also differed depending on sex. Even though the force is female, quote, defendants chose to target a woman while looking the other way when it came to men. While Carano was fired, defendants took no action against male actors who took equally or more vigorous and controversial positions on social media. But the rule of law still reigns over the defendant's empire, and Carano has returned to demand that they be held accountable for their bullying, discriminatory, and retaliatory actions, actions that inflicted not only substantial emotional harm, but millions of dollars in lost income. (laughs) 60 pages long, lots of examples, very long suit. I'm going to look at it and look through it and see what little what little tidbits I can pull out of here? Because there's a lot of examples of how she was targeted. Now, she is working, I believe she's done a film with Angel Studios. Angel Studios is the movie that put out After Death, which was such a beautiful movie. Oh, I loved it so much. If you haven't seen Angel Studios yet, take a look. Thank you, J.S. Cook. Appreciate that very much. J.S. Cook gave me a little tip. And I appreciate it. 20 bucks. And that's very appreciated. Thank you. Um, so I'll follow that lawsuit for everybody. I told you we had a busy show today. There's so much going on. And I haven't even gotten to touch on the Florida grand jury on COVID, which is about a half hour in and of itself, so important. And I will probably do that on Monday because the Friday show with Frank, I want to try and keep a little bit more laid back and less information heavy. So important. Um, Democrat voter fraud. I know that you guys know it doesn't exist. But here it is anyway. Former president of city council of Atlantic City charged with submitting fraudulent mail-in ballots. A criminal complaint accuses Craig Calloway, a political organizer, of illegally obtaining and casting ballots that were counted in the November 2022 election. A month before the election, Calloway and others allegedly paid several individuals to carry completed vote-by-mail applications to the county clerk's office. Once they received the mail-in ballots, they reportedly hand them over to Calloway and his associates. Many of them collected were allegedly cast using names of individuals who have since confirmed that they didn't vote in the election. Why the voter rolls are so important and why the Democrats don't want us to be able to fix them. Let's listen to this short clip about what happened here. Here we go. Over in New Jersey, a political operative has just been arrested on felony mail-in ballot fraud charges stemming from the operations that he's allegedly been running for years over in Atlantic City. The political operative in question is Mr. Craig Calloway. He's the former president of the Atlantic City City Council. And locally, Mr. Calloway is seen as something of an expert in terms of mail-in ballots. The chairman of the Atlantic County Republican Party summed it up quite succinctly. He can make or break an election. In terms of how Mr. Calloway was able to get this done, well, we now have some clues. Because last Thursday, Mr. Calloway, he was arrested and charged with federal voter fraud related to his work on mail-in ballots. The allegation here was that Mr. Calloway and his subordinates were voting on behalf of people who did not authorize them to do so. Guys, that doesn't happen. 
Oh my God. Reese, who I was having the unfair debate with, given that I am live on video and she is in the chat. God bless you, Reese. Also tipped me, which is so kind and unnecessary. <laughs> Says, for always standing for the First Amendment, even when I'm wrong, I love you. And I love you too. That was very kind of you. Thank you. Don't do this to me live. I can't handle it. <laughs> anyway, this doesn't happen, guys. This doesn't happen. This is all a big conspiracy theory. Nobody finds out who's not voting, completes mail-in ballots for them using their names and submits them. That doesn't happen. That's 100% turnout is completely normal. It's always normal. I have this now. This is interesting to me. It's, it's a little fun to end the show. You know, hmm. Let's, let's try and keep it. This is an interview. I don't know. The Hodge twins shared this morning. I had no idea who this person was. Her name is Hani, I guess. I don't know. Suni, Suki Hani. I don't know. Whatever. She was an Instagram influencer, apparently, who became a rap star. And this goes back to the beginning of the show. I'm going to play this. I can't even believe what I'm going to watch. You guys probably won't be able to either. It's just a little fun culture stuff for the end. Here we go. You know that you're a musician. But that's why I'm interviewing you today, so I can get to know you. So I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. What the fuck that mean? Make magic or something? What is musician? I think that's, I think you're confusing that. Yeah, I'm not no musician. I, I make music. I make I, music. I, and that's not all I do. I make music. I act. I'm a TV star, too. A young mom. Uh-huh. I, just really quick, I think you're confusing. I'm not confusing nothing because I, you you don't know. I, you thought that all I was was a magician or whatever the fuck you said. See, that's what I think you think I said. No, I said musician, I not what, magician. I don't think, baby. But I don't think. What I, is that? That's ghetto. I don't think. I know. So you you think? I didn't say magician, Suki. I said musician. And I think you are a musician. No, baby. I do music. So you just really, just really quick. For the record, could you say you don't think you're a musician? I'm not none of that. But then after <laughs> Just wait. That you just said, I do music. Yeah, I do music. So, in other yeah. words, you're a musician. No, I'm not. Okay. What do, what do you... That, that's... What do okay, you know? so that's the level of... <laughs> I want to show you... I would agree that she's not a musician. Truthfully. I don't think she's a musician either. She doesn't think she's a musician, and neither do I, because I'm about to play for you some of her, quote, music. And I want to warn you, if you've got children anywhere near this podcast right now, please hit the plus 30 seconds. Here's the magic (laughs) that she's producing. Oh, my God. Here we go. Here's her magic. What is she? Did she even speak English? What is this? A 
And this is why, this right here is why my kids and all of their friends are listening to Ozzy Osbourne and singing Frank Sinatra at talent contests. Frank, I present to you the non-musicians of the 2020s. I present them to you right here. We all agree, yes, we all agree she is absolutely not a musician. There is no planet on which this is considered music. I don't. This. Managed to save just a it's little music. bit of money. Won't have to drive too far. Just cross the border and into the city. You and I can both get jobs and finally see what it means to be living. Do you see the difference? I know you guys don't need me to tell you this. This is music. That was not music. So yes, you are not a musician. Definitely not. I don't even want to go into anything else because it's all very serious. And I want to end on that comedy today. Other than this, I'm just going to pepper this out there. GM and Honda start U.S. production of hydrogen fuel cells. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Hydrogen fuel cells. I will just throw that out there for you and end the show. Thank you guys so much for being here today. A little early, but I don't want to get into something very heavy when we just got to listen to mad, mad, magic or whatever that just was. You have been listening to the Dark Delight podcast with Beans. You can find me every day, every Monday and Wednesday solo, streaming live at 8.30 a.m. Eastern on X, Getter, and on Rumble. You can also listen to the audio version of this podcast at 2.30 Eastern time on all the podcasting platforms. We will be back with Frank on Friday. If you guys have any like interesting off-the-wall show topics for the Cool Friday show, throw them on out there. Otherwise, God bless you all. Have a fantastic day. Make sure to smile, touch some damn grass, and we will be back on